introduce you so you don't you don't good there you go okay man I, i'll tell you what that was a great sermon but i have have to be honest with you everybody as you said is is going to fight it the way that god has gifted them to fight it and this man here is a barnabas he's an encourager and uh man the work that he has done not just in my life but in the life of so many others in the body of christ to keep them pushing forward powering forward you know i i i love the way bragg does it it's awesome but i also know that if it weren't for this man bragg wouldn't be doing what he's doing I mean, you recognize the greatness of this man. See, it's pretty awesome when when Barnabas was the lead, but then Barnabas, encouraging, understanding the nature of the fight, stepped back and encouraged the Apostle Paul. And even when there was contention, he still supported the mission. He still supported what Paul was doing, and he tooled John Mark up so that John Mark. They have a great, powerful servant in the Lord's army that Paul depended on. Do you see how that works? You got me fired up. This man is a great man of God. He's a Barnabas. He's the Barnabas of Barnabases. You, you, if you don't know that, I haven't been around him very long. This guy is a constant encouragement. Can, can I get an amen out of his son? Man, he's a great man. By the way, your son said that... Uh, when we had a question around the dinner table, something about the great man that's in, or a great person who's influenced your life, number one, and you're it. I was thinking, yeah, me too. <laughs> what a great encourager. So let's bring it up. Our Barnabas, Jeff Trillinger. Woohoo! <laughs> oh, thank you there. I love you. Bulldog Bill. <laughs> so uh if somebody needs to water a tree real quick uh could somebody help me get this up i got these new spectacles and uh so trying to read uh oh, read that'd be great so you know there there is a certain way to skin a cat oh, and brian that. bragg and i skin differently <laughs> and i'll tell you what he does it wrong <laughs> oh, you want it? uh yeah that'd be about right right huh? there and uh, man, he gets hair all over those critters. <laughs> now, you know, I give him a hard time, but there is different ways of skinning the cat. Sometimes you start at the head, and other guys start at the rear. Um, but you know what? The cat still has to be skinned. And that, unfortunately, um, a lot of preaching around uh, from so-called Christianity they're preaching that, uh, you know, hey, you just do this and cat automatically gets skinned or whatever else. You know, you ask Jesus in your heart and, uh, you know, it's all good. Well, the cat doesn't get skinned. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if it's not done, God's way. God says, unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. And so, uh, yeah, there's different ways of skinning the cat cat still needs to get skinned though and so and it's only god's way um you know i, was, I appreciate uh, uh matt so much and uh his message about david and uh you know 
He's talking about doubt and different things. And hopefully my message this morning, there will it, any of my messages do not raise doubt. Other than maybe uh, you will test yourselves to see if you're in the faith. Amen. If there's some doubt there so that you come to the assurance and the conviction. Amen. According to God. Um, but there will be doubts. There's fears. There's different things that come. Um, God's created us. We have emotions. There are fears. Even our own physical bodies. Your body produces things when certain things happen. Um, you jump out behind your son or in front of your son in the middle of the night out in the middle of the woods. There is a physiological reaction. <laughs> but how do we overcome those things? How do we have the courage, the different things? But as David, you think, oh, David's this guy. But if you look a little bit further, you know, I think he started, there, were, there was doubt. Why? Because maybe he thought when God said, hey, you're going to be the man, he thought he's going to be this way. Well, he's getting chased around all around the country. He's got some mighty men around him. And you'd think, oh, he's still that, that strong guy. But you know what? He got to the point of having so much doubt that even his best and closest confident friend, Jonathan, he's like, why don't you just kill me? Because um, if you're just going to turn me over, Daddy, uh, you know, why don't you just kill me now? And uh, Jonathan's like, whoa, whoa, David, come on, I think you're, you're out there a little bit. But you know what? He needed that encouragement. Yes, amen. A man, you would think, that faced lions, tigers, and bears, and then he faced this Goliath guy and other stuff, but yet he gets to that point in his life. Yep. So... Yes, there may be doubts. There may be these things that come in. Fears and different things. They are there. And if you say they are not, you're a liar. If you don't have trials, temptations, struggles, persecutions, whatever, and you think, ah, hey, I got it all figured out. I can do this. Well, yeah. That's a good thing. You know, you kind of got to get pumped up and stuff. But to deny those things are evident and are there. Uh, you're getting on some dangerous ground, you know. You need to have the other things behind you so that then you can move forward. And hopefully my message this morning. So now let's get started because that wasn't even an introduction. I was just kind of a, hey, Matt, great job. <laughs> Getting a little older stinks. Amen. <laughs> Amen <to that laughs> My eyeballs don't work as good as they used to. Um, Bill gave me a title, uh, Jesus, the man with an iron will. Jesus, the man with an iron will. Um, and the theme of the camp is that courage, you know, and only fearing God, that, that reverential awe of God. 
But Jesus, the man with an iron will, uh, I use that, uh, that title uh, that Bill had given and then kind of the theme to uh, come up with a message and some scriptures. And uh, I hope you're encouraged um, by these scriptures this morning and the things that I will bring. Uh, my first point and my intro are, are kind of combined. Um, the man, the example. Okay, so the uh, Jesus, the man with an iron will. Well, we got we got to establish that Jesus was a man, and then the will. I'm going to talk about that just briefly. I want to do it uh, rather quickly to establish uh, that Jesus was a man and that the, he is the example, the forerunner. Philippians 2, um, verses 5 through 8, but he's, he's talking uh, here <clears throat> about an attitude. And really, I'm, I'm going to be talking a lot about an attitude this morning. And it's not merely looking out for your own personal interests. God understands you got to you, you need to look out. There are interests and things that you need to be taking care of, your family, so on and so forth. But not merely your own in personal interests, but the interests of others. And it's an attitude which was in Christ Jesus. Okay? Our Lord and King, His attitude. Others. And it says, have this attitude in yourselves, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality, equality with God a thing to be grasped. Now, I'm no Greek scholar or anything else, but my little Bible had a note here that says that that's supposed to be <clears throat> uh, referred to as God did not, uh, or Jesus didn't regard equality with God a thing to be grass is supposed to be utilized or asserted and it brought a whole lot more meaning to me and then in verse 7 but emptied himself well that emptied it's like okay grass emptied it does not bring a whole lot of meaning but that emptied supposed to be laid aside his privileges that was huge to me more than any of the other scriptures talking about jesus came as a man and everything um, this was huge. And it says, um, being made in the likeness of men, or he uh, laid aside his privileges, taking the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of men, being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Hebrews 4, 15 and 17 says he's been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. And we have a great high priest that we can come before with confidence. He's been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. Well, what does another passage say? It says God cannot be tempted. Oh, well, you know what? You know, those who may uh, outside uh, in the world may go, well, that's a contradiction. Hey, your Bible is a bunch of wackiness because it contradicts things. Because it says Jesus was tempted. And you say that he's the son of God. Well, that can't be. 
Well, this passage right here. Jesus chose. Why did he choose? Part of it is the whole beginning, the attitude. He laid aside the privilege. One of the privileges of God is not, he can't be tempted. He did not assert his authority. Well, having the power. Oh, you know what? I'm going to go through all these struggles, all this, be a man, be tempted, so on and so forth. And you know what? Hey, Dad, pull me out. Okay, pull me out here. It's a bad day. Pull me out here. And uh, that way I won't sin. I'll get the goal. I'll get the things accomplished. No. He laid aside. He left glory. Laid aside the privilege of not being tempted. And why? Thinking it, us. Hebrews 12, 1 through 4, says uh, he's talking about all the men and women of faith. And he says, Therefore, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easy to There's encumbrances, fears, doubts, all sorts of different things that come in, temptations. says, let's lay those things aside and let us run our race with endurance, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. He's the forerunner, somebody that's running. And when you're running that race, because it is a race, it is a fight. And when those things come down, when you're getting wore down, and when it's like, ah, you want to throw in the towel. Jesus, the forerunner, fixing your eyes on him and say, okay, here's the way to go and keep running. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him. What? Who for the joy set before him. What? What's that joy? What's before him? We're going to see as we continue on. Because he doesn't want you to grow weary and lose heart. He doesn't want you to throw in the towel. He wants you to continue to run. Stay the course. He says, then a little bit further on, he says, For you have yet to shed your blood in your striving against sin. Sin is there. It is eating. It is knocking at the door all the time. Each and every day you have a choice to get up and do something. You have a choice in having an attitude. What controls you? What controls your decisions, your actions, so on and so forth. A whole other lesson, but you want to look at temptation, God defines temptation. I think it's in James. It says, One is carried away and enticed. Let me ask you this. Was Jesus tempted? Hebrews 4 says he was. James says what temptation is. But yet, he did it without sin. Okay? Because there's a point 
When you're, there's temptation. I think the devil wants you to throw in the towel because he wants you to think that temptation itself is the sin. You've all, you know what? <clears throat> you're done. Yeah, no. No, when, when those enticements and those things, it's like, I don't want to do this. No, I don't want to do this. And you know it's the right thing to do, but you don't want to do it. But just not wanting to do it sometimes, I think, is the devil wants to plant in the seed. See? You're done right now. Well, that's not necessarily the case. But temptation and being in that place is a bad place to be. Because Jesus told his disciples in a really horrendous spot, hey, pray that you might not enter into temptation. And another passage says, do not give the devil an opportunity. If you know your weaknesses, why would you go there? Right. Yep. If you're an alcoholic or everything, oh man, I'm going to go down to the bar and save people that I was in. And it's like, why would you go there? You know it's a weak spot for you. Don't give him the, an opportunity, okay? And the thing is, is it's okay to understand and know your weaknesses. It's like young people, me as a young guy, girls were a bad thing. Because nobody had taught me, don't give the devil an opportunity. Because there's a point of no return. Jesus had a choice. He had an attitude. He chose to lay aside his privileges. He chose not to assert his authority and come as a man. He did it. He finished the course. Jesus, the man with an iron will. How did he go through? How did he have the courage? How did he have the things to run that race and finish the course? Let's open with a word of prayer. Great and glorious Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. Father, I, I pray and ask that you would give me <clears throat> the wisdom, the wisdom from above to speak forth your words, and your message, and your desire, your will, and not mine that these men would be encouraged and built up all the more as we see the day drawing near, and anybody else who might hear this message would be encouraged and built up as well to uh, have the attitude of Christ, to be Jesus, the man with an iron will. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So my second point, the iron will. So Bill coined this in uh, the title, and uh, again, we don't see the word iron or an iron will necessarily in the scriptures but it's just a term and it's a term that we can get a picture and i hope to paint a picture of what's kind of coined as a term <clears throat> the iron will let's sell uh, psalms 40 Psalms 40, verses 7 and 8. <clears throat> then I said, Behold, I come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. Well, Hebrews 10, 7 and 9 both mention the same thing. Talking about Jesus. Yeah. Hey, now listen here and we're kind of going to get a hint. I delight to do your will. What's the, what's the will? What's the will? 
And we're going to talk in my third point and drive that home a little bit more. What God's will is. The Father. But I want to jump to Matthew 26. And, and again, I'm not necessarily reading. I want you to kind of be there. And for anybody that might hear this or you go back later, checking things out a little bit. Matthew 26, 36 through 46, you know, <clears throat> he says here, Jesus then came to them uh, with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. Oh, there's so many passages in the scripture. Don't fear. Don't fret. Well, man, I'm telling you, when you have those emotions, or even doubt, doubt doesn't necessarily, you know, sometimes we need to maybe define that a little bit because um, I'm sure and convinced of God, but I, I doubt myself a lot. And unfortunately, there's been misgivings because of teachings in the past, never really being taught. And then all of a sudden, then you go back and I'm trying to remember, I don't have the best memory in the world. That's why I would encourage you as your disciples, if you have disciples or people you're working with, is that they write things down. Yeah. That way they can always go back and go, because as they grow, you start thinking, well, what did I really think? What did I really believe back then? And so you start getting that play, that doubt. And you don't, I don't want people to doubt. I want them to know. But Jesus, as a man, a man, remember, is deeply grieved. He's distressed. And he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Man, there's going to be times that you may be grieved and distresses. And the devil's right there. He's like, ah, just throwing the, t you know. You don't need to do this stuff. Don't worry about going and helping somebody or, or doing. You, I think somebody was talking about kind of excuses. You know what? It's inconvenient. It's all right, Jeff. You know, um, you need to spend some time with your wife. Or, you know, you got some of the health things. It's okay. Just, it's all right. The devil's giving you justifications and rationalizations not to do or to do something. I'm telling you what, deeply grieved and distressed how does Jesus as a man do these things and he says and he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed my father if it is possible let this cup pass from me yet not as I will but as you will whose iron will is it
And he came to the disciples, fell asleep, and he says, keep watching, praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. And he went away again. He says, my father, if this cup pass away, unless I drink it, your will be done. Not my will. See, that's the thing. Is sometimes it's, there's things we face and it's my will. And look at Jesus. Because he had a will. He had a, it's not a sin to go, God, I don't want, this is, is there any other way? But the devil wants you thinking that, you know what, that, that's a, throw in the towel. You know and understand that some of those thoughts will come in. That just because the devil is tempting you, carrying away and enticing you, boy, you just need to amp up your prayers. There's some things, there's practical things to be doing, and that's a whole nother lesson. But I want you to understand the man, Jesus, had an iron will. But really, whose will is it that gets him through? Uh, uh, to finish my second point, mention, I want to mention, um, but I'm going to reserve going there, is Isaiah 50, where it says he set his face like flint. So, you, you know, um, the man with the, the, a flint will, <laughs> yeah. so to speak. Yeah. But we'll, we'll, we'll go there in a minute. So I'm going to start on my third point. And we're going to spend most of our time here, and hopefully I'll get through it relatively quickly for you all. The why and what. And I, I really encourage the young people to ask the hard questions. Solidify your faith. Right. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why is it this way? What? What is the reason? Why are we doing? What am I doing? Can't be your mommy and daddy's faith can't be the preacher's faith. It's got to be your assurance and conviction. Your buddy's assurance and conviction. No, it's got to be yours. Solidify that. So the why and what equaling the how to Jesus's so-called iron will. What do I mean by that? Some of these questions. So why did Jesus have, as Bill coined, the iron will? Why did he have that will? And we saw that it was his father's, but we're going we're gonna to drive that home. What was behind Jesus' will? The driving factor, the motivation. And the thing is, is you can't hide your motivation. Our heart is open and laid bare to the eyes with whom we have to do. He knows how you feel. He knows that there are distresses, there's grieves, there's emotions that are coming in. He has temptations and trials. Don't deny those things. But face them. But there's a motivation to face, endure temptation, death, betrayal, suffering, fear, his own will, not mine, but yours be done, he says. 
Do you have Jesus's iron will? And if so, what is your motivating factor? Could it be something different, such as fear or duty, versus what it should be? We'll talk about that a little more. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. And you think, oh, hey, Jeff's going to jump right in verse 4. But no, verses 1 and 3. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels... Boy, that sound really good. But do not have love. I have a, become a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, and no, you know what? I know all these things. I know the mysteries. I know uh, I have all the knowledge. You have it down. All the check marks, A, B, C, and D, and E. This is how you obey the gospel. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. Ah, you got her squared away. But you don't have love? If I have all faith so as to remove mountains, you know, you're so sure, you're so convinced, you're so convicted, you can bet the $100, but you don't have love? And kind of giving, digging on Matt, but the, it's not a dig because... What's the motivation behind his bet of the hundred dollars? Right. Right. If I give all my possessions to feed the poor, if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. The motivation behind the iron will. Versus law or duty. You know, soldiers give their lives duty behind that. It's that duty. You know what? You're going to hell, so you've got to be immersed. <gasps> oh, no. So you go because you're so scared and you're so afraid. You're going to hell. I fear, brother, the motivation even behind the message of truth. Why did that person get baptized? For the forgiveness of their sins? They received the Holy Spirit? Out of fear? Out of duty? How about anything else? Why do we do what we do? Why do we do things like Alan had said, it's inconvenient? Could there possibly be other things like to feel good? Rich and Roller. Jesus, what do I, you know, what do I do? Be good. He wants validation, checking the boxes, and feeling good. Or feeling righteous. Or even boasting. You know, Matt, really what's in the heart is, you know what, if I get so many Bible studies, or if I go and, and inconvenienced and I help all these people, you know, even the world, there are people 
who give their bodies to be burned, so to speak. Look at all these doctors that go on to all these other countries. And not to take away from some of those who really do it and the motivation is right. But really, you get down in deep in the heart. Why are they doing that? Because they're filling the void without Christ. They're filling the void with feeling good. With these principles, and the principles are twisted. It's backwards. Jesus isn't there. And it makes them feel good. Sometimes people are going to the assemblies because it feels, it's, I'm righteous that way. I'm feeling good. Or, hey, man, I made it every Sunday. I got all this squared away. I'm checking the boxes. But if you don't have love, it profits you nothing. Ephesians 2, 4. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us. God, the Father, what is his motivation? Why did God do what he does? What? does God do? What is all behind it? And we see God the Father, His great love which He loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved. And He raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come He might show the surpassing riches of His grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Romans 5, <clears throat> 6 and 8. <clears throat> but God, <clears throat> for while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man someone might dare even to die. But God, but God demonstrates his own love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he did something. He sent his only begotten son. For God so loved. What's the motivation behind? What's the driving factor for God to do what he's done? What's your motivation? John 5, John 5, 19 and t- through 20. Therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is, unless it is something he sees the Father doing. Jesus the Son. What did he see the Father doing? See the Father loving the motivation. And for whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. 
For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself is doing, and the Father will show greater works than these. So Bill talked about the Father showing. Train up a child in the way you What are you doing? You're showing. You're demonstrating. You know, he said hypocrisy is the biggest killer for that sort of stuff, right? But this is God, the Father, and to the Son. Shows him things, all things that him is doing, and the Father will show him greater works than these so that you will marvel. <clears throat> John 14, 31 But so that the world may know that I love the Father, so that the world. What was the driving factor? What was motivating? What was pushing Jesus? His Father's will, but his love. I do exactly as the Father commanded me. How are you going to get through all those different things? What's the driving thing that's going to push you? Boy, we don't have time. A whole nother lesson is Jesus knew who he was, knew where he was going the goal, the plan, everything else. So it's a whole nother thing there, but it's part of this whole piece. We don't have time to, to do that. John 15, 8 through 11. My Father is glorified in this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, the Father has loved me. I have loved you. Jesus laid aside his privileges, did not assert his authority, and came as a man knowing what he was going to go through. Because he learned it from the Father, got all those things, got his will from the Father, the iron will. I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. His love for you. He was able to endure. So that my joy may be in you. The love of Christ will help you. That is what's going to get you through. So that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Awesome thing, the love of Christ. Paul prays that we would understand and comprehend 
the length, breadth, and height, and depth. The love of God that surpasses everything. Romans 8. Thirty-one through thirty-nine. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? If you understand that love, oh, that we would grasp and hold on to. Who is against us? Goliath? Really? There's giants in the land. Yeah, there's giants out there. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? Don't be messing with my kids. God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Satan wants you to think just because you're being tempted, you're being carried away and enticed, you throw in the towel. Don't. You can't make it. You're not going to make it. Who's the, he's convicting, he's pointing the finger at you. Look, look at all the sin you have. Man, you messed up today. You messed up, man, look, you're messing up again. You're messing up again. Oh, doubt, yeah, let me throw a little more in there. Maybe that's why. Messing up. Who's the one who condemns? Jesus Christ is he who died. Yes, rather who was raised, who is at the right hand of God. The man who finished the course driven by love. Jesus, the man with an iron will. Who died, yes, is rather who was raised, who is at the right hand of God. Who also intercedes for us. Previously talked about the Holy Spirit interceding. My goodness. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? So the tribulations, my friends, that you're going through, because you will have them. And a lot of times we think about, there's a lot of guys preaching all this stuff that's just going, oh man, the United States is falling apart or this and that. Yeah, but you know what? God says they're going to be given in marriage. There's going to be bursts. There's going, things are going to be going on, and they're going to be saying, peace, peace. So a lot of times I think we get all worried and fretting about the big things. And you know what really it is? It's the daily getting up. Being in the Word of God, praying, and training up those in the way they should go. Being an example. It's the, the constant drip. If you're faithful in the small things, you'll be faithful in much. If you love in the small things, you will love in much. Will tribulation and distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer. Jesus, the man with the iron will, how did he do it? Because he was a man.
He loved his father. He knew that his father loved him. And he loved you. Nothing. For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God. It's there. Do you understand and grasp how great a love the Father has for us? The thing is, is do you reciprocate? You know, my kids, and I'm not talking about just my kids. They're grown, but I still love them. And I still, I'm talking about all my kids. Bill's boys. Ryan's boys. You all. I want reciprocation. I don't want it out of fear. You want your kids, it's like, hey, you better go here, I'm gonna beat your rear end, you know? Yeah, yeah. okay, they're gonna they're gonna follow through, maybe. Or out of duty. Yes, sir, yeah. Because the kids are feeling good and that's what like. Or no, is it because they love you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I don't want to do what Dad says today, but I love you know I'm gonna do it. Cause you know what? Just cause you don't want to, I don't like brushing my teeth sometimes. I don't like doing. There's some things. Jesus, is like God, if there's any other way, I, but not my will. That's you need to understand. Sometimes I think the devil wants to throw out that. Okay, because it's inconvenient. Because I don't really want to do this. Oh, man, you give up now. No, there's going to be that where it's inconvenient. I don't like this. But what makes you go? Is it because it's a check in the boxes, I'm doing what's right, or it makes me feel good, or it's out of duty or out of fear? Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Can somebody finish out the rest of that? In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, the one who loved me. Who what? The one who loved me and delivered himself up for me. I think we kind of forget that last little piece. The one who loved me. Love. The iron will. You want to have courage? Have that love. Second Corinthians 5. We're, we're about wrapped up here. Let's see how, how I'm doing. Okay, I'm on track, 50 minutes. But I think there's a passage I've read recently that they preached a long message for encouragement, and there was a long message there. So, (laughs) 2 Corinthians 5. And you guys know that I 
I use this quite often, but I think the reason being is uh, things have gotten twisted so much. And I learned through a long career that I had, because I saw so much around me, it's like, oh my goodness, it's, they're impossibilities. Some of the people I was dealing with, it's like, man, their lives are so messed up. I saw the filth and the grime and the sin and the Satan doing his work, tearing people to pieces. 2 Corinthians 5, 14. For the love of Christ... Well, I'm going to start in verse 13. For if we are beside ourselves, if we're a little whacked out and crazy in the head or seem to be, it is for God. If we are of a sound mind, it's for you. For the love of Christ controls us. The love of Christ controls us. Controlling, you think, oh man, it's making me. Well, the thing is, is if you understand and comprehend God's love for you, my children, why I want them to respond out of love. Jesus reconciled us to the Father, a relationship. He's given us the ministry, the service of reconciliation. There's got to be a relationship, and love is the driving factor in relationships. God loved us, and His great love, and we know love by this, right? The scriptures teach us. So first, knowing that, and then our reciprocation, our love. So knowing his love, my children know my, uh, they should know that I love them so much. But then because of that, they love me back. And that's what controls their decisions, their mindset, and their drive, and their choices consistently each and every day. God wants you to love him back. He wants you to be Jesus, the man with the iron will, his will. What is his will? To love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love others as yourself. Mm -hmm. Loving other people. If you, do you love souls? Because look at the next part here. For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, so that they who live, we Christians who live, might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Why are you living? Why are you being courageous? Going through distresses and those different things? Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh. Here's the thing. It's like seeing these addicts, seeing these people with so much messed up, dirty, rotten lives. Remember, God said he loved us so much while we were sinners, while we were enemies. The life of a Christian going and loving other people, it's dirty, stinky, yucky stuff. Yet not my will, Father, your will be done. 
Do you recognize them as an eternal soul? Or do you see the outward flesh, the impossibilities, the giants? No, I can't do this. I can't, I can't, I don't, I'm not going to make any difference. No. Or do you trust God that you can do all things through him who strengthens you? Isaiah 50, 5 through 7. We have one, this and one more passage and we'll be done. I hope you're not fading. Verses 5 through 7. And the Lord God has opened my ear. Uh, am I in the right place? The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not disobedient, nor did I turn back. I gave my back to those who strike me, and my cheeks to those who pluck out my beard. I did not cover my face from humiliation and spitting. For the Lord God helps me, therefore I am not disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like flint, and I know that I will not be ashamed. In 1 Peter chapter 1. Verses 3 through 9, but I think for time's sake, <clears throat> we'll just pick it up here in, uh, in verse 7. So that the proof of your faith be more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire. You're going to be tested, brothers. May be found to result in praise and glory and honor of the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. Do you? And though you do not see him now, but you believe in him, do you? You greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, do you? Obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. Finishing the course. Jesus was set at the right hand of the throne of God. Back in glory. After finishing the course as a man, just like you and I. What was his iron will? What was his motivation? What got him through? I hope and pray that you all will be love-driven, love-motivated to finish the known course, the known goal, the end to an imperishable life. Setting your face like flint Faithfully accomplishing His will. Fixing your eyes on Him, your hope on Him, having the iron will of Jesus. All right. Man, I'll tell you what, this is, this is too high. <laughs> camp this year really I needed it appreciated the, the last two in regards to preparation for what's to come and we don't we don't know what's to come but we know that 
through Christ, through His indwelling Spirit, Spirit of glory, Spirit of love, that we're going to be able to do this. So we need to remember, we're doing it together. This is not just Pleasant Hill. This is not just South Carolina, Myrtle Beach. It's not just Roanoke. It's it's all of us worldwide. We got folks in Africa. We have we have folks in Belarus who are trapped there now. We have we have good men and women all over, and we just need to remember the messages that we've heard here, and we need to we need to live them. Amen. Amen. Just really appreciate y'all being here, and uh, let's close this in a word of prayer. And uh, go ahead. All right, sounds good. Mark, no, no, you know what? I'm going to have Logan come up. Logan, come on up here and close this camp in a word of prayer. Sorry for the false start, false start Mark. All right. Now here's great man of God, good brother in Christ. We love and appreciate him. So, Lord, Father in heaven, Lord, uh, what, a, what a great weekend to fellowship with uh, other men in the uh the church and that we can uh, uh, come together and fellowship together and in like-mindedness and to encourage each other lord and i pray that we go forth and uh, set our face like flint in this world of uh, uh, of turmoil and uh, and that we can be that light to others around us and, and we encourage each other in the church and lord pray that we go forth and Pray in your son's name. Amen. 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 All right. Well, if you wouldn't all mind coming up here and let's get a picture together. And, and uh, Keith, I don't know how to.